Hello. Is there anybody out there? You know the song? Pink Floyd. Pink, okay, Pink Floyd. Good for you. Episode 72. Glad you could make it, Riff. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dedicate this one to Tage Thompson, who's having a breakthrough season, by the way, because we're going to talk some Sabres today. But I got to start. I got to tell you something. I skated last night. Skated last night. How, how sore are you? So this kind of goes along with all of it. Skated last night. I wake up this morning. Holy shit, who's unprofessional? Skated last night. I, I wake up this morning, and my back is super stiff. Took a bit of a spill last night, made a, made a great defensive play, fell into the boards. And just, you know me, I, I'm literally sweatpants, shin pads, no elbow pads, shoulder yeah. pads, pants, no jock. No elbow pads? Nothing. Okay, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Anyway, so I, so look, man, when you're made of steel, you don't need that shit. So anyway, so I took a tumble into the boards, making an unbelievable defensive play, whatever. doesn't matter. So... I wake up this morning and I'm like, Oh my God, my brother calls me and I wake up. He's like, how you doing today? And he didn't know that I skated. And I actually, I told him how sore I was. So anyway, I go, I go to Tim Hortons, get a coffee because you'll never hear me admit that I'm tired. You'll never hear me say, Oh my God, I'm tired today. If you've any, if anyone's ever heard me say that it's rare never. and it's never, I never say that. And there are days and I say it all the time. There are days I'm dragging. Yeah, but it's a mindset thing, right? So there are days I'm dragging ass and I'm just like, this is easy. I can get through this. So I go to get my, I go to get gas this morning for my car and, and a coffee. Okay. And I walk in and I'm, and I'm just standing there and I'm sore. And the, the girl behind the counter, okay. <laughs> she's gotta be 21, 22. And this is what she says to me. Okay. She says, did you go out last night? You look exhausted. <laughs> Come on. I'm like, I looked at her and I'm thinking, you have some nerve speaking to an elderly man this way. Okay. <laughs> like I'm 41. I'm going to be 42 in a month and a half. I'm like, leave me alone. So anyway, so I, I, you know, I just said, no, I skated last night. And I'm in a lot of pain. So anyway, so I walk out, this is how tired I am. I walk out, I get in my car. So what I did was I started pumping gas. I put the clip on it. Then I went in and got my coffee and waited in line. And then I came out and I was, you know, I come out, I get in my car and I just drive away. What did I forget to do, Craig? This is the second time in two months I've done this. Okay. I, I don't know what the hell. Forgot what? your coffee? No, I forgot to pull the gas pump out and put it back on the things. I drive no off. I drive off and I hear this. <laughs> right? The thing rips out of my gas container and it's like it falls on the ground. And I'm just parked there and I just think like, what do I do? Do I get out here in the middle? Because I kind of pulled out. So I was now sideways in the middle of like this gas bar thing. So I back it up back to my spot and I get out and I put the gas thing back on. No receipt. Off I go. That's my morning. You didn't rip it right out of the. No, it didn't. No, this is the second the time it's done this. So I guess <laughs> the second time I've done this. I don't know why I've done it like twice in the last two and a half months. And no, it just kind of pops out. 
Wow. I'm just glad, glad there wasn't gas squirting everywhere. Oh, my God. No one saw, thank God. And I was just like, put it away, and off I went. But anyway, here we I are. Think you're more, I, I think the, the more concerning thing is if the gas was still pumping, because that means you're pumping like $5 every uh, 10 seconds. Oh, my God. Anyway. How, how much I, is it to, to fill up your tank right now? I filled up. It cost I, me a hundred dollars to fill up my truck. Yeah, it cost me seven. I have a car. You have a big truck. I have a car. So mine was seventy bucks. I had thirty miles to empty. It cost oh, me yeah. seventy bucks, sixty-eight bucks, or something like that. So it's it crazy. The gas prices me, are absolutely. It cost ridiculous. me a hundred dollars, and I still had like a quarter tank. Yeah, it's insane. Thanks, it's insane. Joe. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> It is absolutely insane. Anyway, so on this day in 2010, I played my very last NHL game, ended with a busted, dislocated rib, which is still dislocated, and a concussion courtesy of Jody Shelley, all in the same fight. But anyway, got that going for me. Yeah, well. How are you today? Good memories, right? Mm. Good times. Before that game, Jacques Lemaire, we were playing the Rangers. Jody Shelley, I think, had just gotten traded there from San Jose. Maybe, I think it was San Jose. Anyway, so how do you dislocate a rib? You got he hit gave me like a body body shot. He hit what? me with a he hit me with a body shot in the fucking ribs, and my rib has been dislodged ever since. Like it sticks. I showed you the one day. Yeah, it sticks out like a knife is coming through my stomach. So anyway, so before the game, Jacques Lemaire comes up to me and he's like, Andrew. I don't think Jody Shelley is interested in fighting much these days. Go and play. Go and play. Now, meanwhile, the whole whole day before the whole day of the game, I'm sitting there mentally preparing for this. And I'm just kind of like, so that was kind of like a nice little sigh of relief for me. Right. Well, fast forward to the first period. Next thing you know, Jody Shelley comes out of the gates hungry as hell to fight me. <laughs> He's like coming after me, wanting to fight, wanting to fight. I'm like, ah, what do I do? Coach just said you didn't want to fight. Fuck. Anyway, so we we got penalties and then we came out of the penalty box and we squared off right after that. But anyway, so that was my last wow. NHL game. March 25th. Tough, tough man right there. Oh, one of the toughest. Anyway, yep. well, listen, you're talking about Tage Thompson. Let's, uh, let's, uh, celebrate you know, Tage Thompson in episode 72. I mean, and the Sabres for that matter, we're winning three in a row. They take on the Capitals tonight, but what the hell is going on with this squad? If you if you say Don Granado first and foremost, I'm gonna puke and hang up. Okay, like yes, he's doing a great job there. Can we move on to the players, please? I'm gonna start with Don Granado. <laughs> I'm gonna start with Donny Boy. Okay, listen, this this I I um. I believe this. I, I believe that um, we, we spoke about this the other day with um, um, the defensive coach, Wilford, you know, and, and talking about, you know, the defense core that seems to be playing the best they've played in, 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 a, in a very long time. Okay. You have to give credit to these guys, you know, how the team is playing in general. Like the start of the year, they didn't have Alex Tuck. At the start of the year, they didn't have Peyton Krebs. At the start of the year, they didn't have this was this was a very young um, defense core, a very young forward line. 
guys were trying to find their way. Tage Thompson wasn't Tage Thompson at the start of the year because he had not had the success in any time throughout his career. Jeff Skinner was, was a player that had been summoned to the depths of hell by Ralph Kruger, and now all of a sudden it's taken him a little time to find his game. And by that, so, you mean the fourth line, which is where I spent my career. So no offense there, but carry on. So I just, you know, I, I look at the team in general. It's, it's about a fine, trying to find an identity, trying to um, have like a locker room that is fun to be a part of guys that want to be in Buffalo in particular, because Buffalo is not the most desirable hockey city, you know, in the world. Okay. There's other places that, Hey, you know, you go to Florida, you can, you know, you don't have to, you know, wash your car to get the salt off it. You know, your every day is groundhog day in, in, in California and Colorado. Like there's, there's desirable places, but Buffalo is an incredible hockey city. Okay. If you don't like salt in your car, or if you don't like the winter and the cold weather, then Buffalo's not for you. And it's not for everybody. But if you get a guy who wants to be here, Alex Tuck wants to be here. If they were winning, guys would want to, more guys would want to come here. People would, would guys guys would overlook that, that, uh, those facts that you just pointed out. You know, you look at, you know, Tage Thompson wants to be a Buffalo Sabre. He wants to wear the logo. You know, Rasmus Dahlin, Kyle Oposto, Dylan Cousins, Alex Tuck, you go, you, Peyton Krebs. These guys want to be a Buffalo Sabre. They're proud to be a Buffalo Sabre. And we haven't had that in a long time that we'd be able to go through a large amount of our lineup. They talk about Vinny Hanestroza. He wants to come here. He wants to be here. He wants to be in this environment. He loves the guys in the team. The environment that has been built by Ralph Kruger and his coaching staff, the players love it here. Now, are they, are they the best team in the National Hockey League? Far from it. But you can see signs. The fans that are watching this game right now, at the start of the year, there's a reason why. There's a reason why the fans did not want to go to the rink. They did not want to spend the money to go and watch this team because the team was terrible. They didn't show the emotion. They didn't show that they cared about each other. You can just see that it was not a team, something that they had to try and continue to build. Or you're looking near the end of the year. We're in March. This team looks like they care for one another. They're playing for one another. They're scoring goals because they have guys that are coming of age. The Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner is, you know, back to his old self. Alex Tuck has brought an element to the team that has been desperately needed. Leadership, a guy that can play on a top line, a guy that can, he's big, he's fast. He plays the game the right way. It's, I mean, I don't even know, Kyle, you know, Dylan, um, Dylan Cousins is, is slowly continuing to improve his game. He's only 21. He just turned 21. He's a kid. The thing so is so though, much more. There's the so thing much is, more. okay. And I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going to go negatively here, but I just, here's, here's what I'm looking for. 
I'm looking for a strong, consistent finish between now and the end of the year. Okay, the rosters are set. No one's going anywhere. You don't want to see any injuries. So I'm, you know, no one's going anywhere. Trade deadline's over. There's nothing to play for other than roster spots and pride. Okay. And, you know, you got to be, you know, Elliot has said. There's more that on this team in particular, PD, I think for the first time in a long time, they're not just playing for, you know, jobs and pride. They're playing for each other. They're playing for this team to be relevant again, because it hasn't been relevant in a very long time. It's Great not point. just about there. There seems to, to me be something that kind of all falls pride. under pride though, Riv. Like, okay. I mean, and, 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 and maybe I didn't clarify, but you're right. And thank you for clarifying that. I, I agree with you. I agree with you, but I, I mean, I think, and, and it's building and this sounds so cheesy and it sounds so every, so repeat for 10 years for this, for the Sabres organization. And that is, you know, playing for, for, trying to set the table for next year for the start of next year. Yeah. I know it's a long ways away, but to me, that's what this is all about. It's about finishing strong. Who's going to be here next year? Because you and I have gone over the roster so many times and every, we always say, yeah, they're getting better, but they're still a ways away. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's what everyone's saying around the league. They have some good pieces and I'm not trying to piss on your parade or anything because I think what's happening here is, is obvious and it's league it's noticed league wide, but how many of these guys are actually going to be here next year? That's, that's, the question I have. So there are guys that are playing for jobs, not here in Buffalo, because if this team is going to be better next year, it's not going to be with this group. It's going to be with a core of this group. It's going to be with about four of these defensemen and about eight of these forwards. I don't know. Maybe those numbers are skewed a little bit. Maybe there's more forwards. Maybe you want to say nine forwards, but that's 13 of 18 that can play. So you still need to insert some key pieces, you know, and Skinner's going to be here. Correct. Kyle Pozo is going to be here. Alex Tuck's going to be here. Casey Middlestad's going to be here. You keep track. That's four. By the way, quick. There's reason to believe that Kyle Oposo might be named captain for his last year here next year. Just saying there's heard some rumblings of that. A lot of guys look at him. We talk about talk. We talk about other guys that are leaders, but Kyle Oposo, apparently right now, everyone views him, everyone, even the guys that could wear C's, everyone views him as the captain. That's, that's the vibe I've gotten from the locker room. So carry on with what you were doing there. You were telling me who's back. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, it, it certainly would be a strong, uh, strong choice. Kyle Oposo has had a fantastic year this year. I mean, he, he, he might score 20 goals this year. He's, he's played exceptionally well. I'm very happy for him. I am very happy for him. Um, and he has played exceptionally well. Bless you. God bless yeah, you, Greg. Yeah. Greg. Greg sneezed. Go get a COVID yeah, test. Yeah, excuse me. But, uh, it, it wouldn't. Uh, it it would be. It would be a strong move. Like Kyle Poso probably is the captain of this team. He not, may not wear the C on his jersey, and maybe maybe they do give it to him. Maybe they don't. Maybe they want to give it to um, another player that they feel that is going to be a captain in this league for years and years to come. 
Um, I don't know their thoughts. I, I have a thought on this. Kyle Oposo I agree, is, is the captain. Of the I team. understand what you're saying. And I know you don't want to keep having a new captain every single year, but for the shit that he's gone through with this organization for the last, well, five years, because he signed a six-year deal, if I'm not mistaken, he deserves it. Throw him the bone. Like, it, it might not mean anything 10 years down the road for Kyle Oposo or the Buffalo I Sabres. Think it would. Yeah, I okay, think it would so yes, throw to him. Yes, for him, for him, yeah, I probably shouldn't have thrown him in there. But I think that would be a nice feather in his cap for the for the time that he's put in here, for the for the effort, for the grooming and molding and mentoring of the young players, because he's done it since he came here. I remember the first time I met Kyle Oposo. He had a three-piece suit on and a and a pair of glasses, and I was like, Jesus, this guy looks like he could be like the president of any Fortune 500 company. You know what I mean? Like he just, he, he, the way he conducts himself, the way he speaks, he's intelligent. He, he, you know, he, he has yeah, a presence he's a, to he, Listen, I mean, he is, he's, he's a very intelligent guy, kind of like nerdy. And he'll even tell you that he's like nerdy smart, just knows, knows facts that you shouldn't even know. He's but his work ethic and his professionalism. Yeah, I don't think there's a player in that locker room, even the guys like a Darlene or a Tuck, who might even think they could or should be the captains of this team going forward, yeah. would ever even have an issue with that. You know what yeah, I mean? But I mean, I think that. I, I, and and listen, I for me, I would love nothing more than Kyle Poso to be captain of this team because in all, and he is the captain of this team. He really is. That being said. You know when and he has Crosby, been. He has been for the last few years. By the way, yes. I just 100%. want to throw. Even when Jack was here, well, Jack we, wasn't a captain. We know who I mean, the captain he's was. the farthest thing from a captain. We all know that. We all see that now. I, I knew it. I knew it a long time ago. Yeah. But you know, I'm working for a certain company that uh, <laughs> you know really didn't want me to say too gag much. order, gag order. <laughs> I look at I look at Kyle and and and. You know, I look at the organization. The organization has to look at what not only now, but what what the future brings. And do are there leaders, young, up and coming leaders that are going to be leaders for a very long time? Is Kyle going to be the guy who may not wear the C, but he's going to support those guys? Like you look at Sidney Crosby back in the day. He was named captain when he was what twenty. 19 or 20, something like that. Something okay. like that. Was was Sidney Cross to be the captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins? Hell no. It's the farthest thing from a captain at 20 years old playing in the National Hockey League. Okay? There are no 20-year-old captains in the NHL. When you've got guys like Kyle Poso who's, you know, been through the grind of the league and understands, um, you know, played on multiple teams. Even Mark Pissick, who who's a leader in this in this locker room he's been around he's played on multiple teams he's seen different things he's been through on teams that that have an up been on teams that had downs you don't you don't have this when you're 20 years old you're still gathering the ability to lead an nhl hockey team right now i look at kyle Oposo. they have two choices they can they can help or they can give the c to kyle Okay, which I don't think there's not one single person in the locker room that would frown upon that. 
but the, the, the team might be looking in a direction to say, we might want to give this to a player that's going to be here for the next five to seven or eight years. And he's going to lead this team with help from a guy like Caliposo. So I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I'll tell you who all my eyes are on down the stretch here. Okay. I know you were going, you were in the process of going through players that are going to be here next year. We've, we've done that. And I, you know, and, and I'm not saying that I want to dust that off, but you, you know, I, I want to see Tuck continue to keep doing what he's doing. I want to see uh, Tage Thompson continue to do what he's doing. Dylan Cousins continue to grow. Peyton Krebs, Darlene continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. Uh, Matias Samuelson, all the, those guys, you know what I mean? There are more he's in there. But that, that's Hey, 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 why don't you let me finish? I was literally just about to say, <laughs> all my eyes are on Casey Middlestad to see what he, because last year, unbelievable finish, right? Yep. This year, hasn't done much in the last bunch of games. And I'm looking to see, yeah. I'm looking to see his growth. That's yeah. the guy. You read my mind Listen, when, when, I mean, you, when yeah. you said Casey. You know, Casey, it, it's been it's been a tough year for Casey. He's had he's had multiple injuries that have kept him out for a large, very large part of the season. Then all of a sudden, he has to try and get himself back into shape. Okay, and not only get himself back into shape, but now he's playing against guys that are that are in mid season form. They're playing at their that their best, and Casey's got to jump into that and. It's going to take, I don't care who you are. It's going to take any player. It's going to take any player time to get back to feeling, you know, at his best. And I like, I like uh, Casey's game, the, the way he finished last year. Uh, Don Granado gave him an opportunity and put him in a position to be one of the top players, the top centerman on the team. And Casey ran with it and he played very well. This year, it hasn't it hasn't gone his way in the sense that he has been injured for 40, 40 games of the year. Do you, but, do you think he has a chip on his shoulder about Tage's success at the top line center, which is somewhere that I think he might have been placed had he been healthy? Um, do be I honest. Think he, be honest. We all know. Do how, I think he's upset? No, because I think I think anybody, any any professional, any guy that wants to. Um, play this game. They want to have success. They want to win games. And if, if Tage Thompson's playing well and he's helping win games, I think Casey Middlestad is, is, is fine with that. Casey Middlestad's going to worry about Casey Middlestad. He is going to worry about making the guy on the left side of him and the right side of him, better hockey players. That's Casey's focus. And he's done that throughout his entire life. That's why he was drafted so high uh, by the Buffalo Sabres back years ago. It's because Casey Middlestad is a, a dynamic playmaking center that has great, great vision. He has not been blessed with blazing speed, but he, he understands the game. Um, and he's continuing to mature as a hockey player. Like he's, he's a better hockey player now than what he was when he, when he was 20. And that's, that's a positive sign. He's very much like, Casey Middlestad, I feel with, with a fresh start next season, could be a player that could really take off. He just needs the right line mates. I mean, if you're playing with Victor Olson, that means you're basically doing everything. It means you're forechecking, backchecking, you're doing everything because 
He doesn't do very much. He doesn't hit, doesn't forecheck, doesn't go to the front of the net. He's, God forbid he would go to the front of the net. Well, he did score one goal going to the front of the net in Toronto. Yeah. Listen, I mean, he's he's a shooter. He's got a world-class shot. He's got an absolute scud missile laser of a shot. The problem is people know about him now. He's not he's not a, a guy that is is going to go unknown when he's on the ice. So if Victor Olofsson is just going to stand on the perimeter, hope for uh, that he gets a puck so he can shoot it, he's not going to score. Yeah, and you know teams are saying that too before the game of coaches pointing at him saying, just take away his shot, just be on him. If you see that he's open and a puck might get to him, just get on him right away and he just don't let him release that puck. Close time and space. If this guy doesn't shoot the puck, then he's irrelevant because he does nothing else. You can literally take him out of the game just by taking away his space. And and I listen, you know, I, I'm going to tell you this, like I, I, this, it, this sounds like I'm literally on the, uh, you know, shit parade of Victor Olofsson. I, I'm going to tell you this. He is a very, very talented hockey player. He is, he is a very, very good hockey player for me. And I'm just here. I can do whatever I want. I can give my opinion. I wouldn't have him on my team because two years ago when he was playing with Jack Eichel, I absolutely wanted him on my team because we didn't have any secondary scoring. We didn't have anybody behind him. Now we have Dylan Cousins. Now we that's coming of age. Now we have Peyton Krebs that is, is coming of age. You have Jeff Skinner who's who's back to his goal scoring self, and he look he works his butt off. Jeff Skinner, he's grinding in front of the net. He's grinding in the corners. He's sticking guys. It's like, like you're having a whole different player on your roster this he year. He is unbelievable this year. You have Cage Thompsons that's had success. You have you know all these players are are having success. Casey Middlestat. And I look at I look at Victor Olofsson. I he's a fantastic player. I would like a different type of player. Not that I don't want Victor Olofsson. Not that I don't think he's a great hockey player. I would like a different style of hockey player that I think would benefit not only maybe Casey Middle or Casey Middlestad who plays on that line. It's going to benefit the entire team. You want guys that are heavy and hard to play against each and every single night. And that's what I would want instead of Victor Olofsson. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. It doesn't mean... No, it's right. No, it does. Because I'm not, it's, I'm it's not right. shitting on middle stats or uh, Olofsson's abilities. He's, a, he's an excellent hockey player. I would just like him on another team, and I would like another player on our team that is still going to score goals, still going to produce points, but he's going to be much, much more difficult to play against. Yeah, that's what you need. You need some of those guys that are harder to play against. Um, I think I think that's where the direction for this team is. I think Kevin Adams probably has established who his group of core future offensive guys are. And I think this offseason, he's got his his hands full with trying to fill out the roster with now building the rest of the team to surround all these forwards and defense with the right kind of support group. Like, you know, you need a couple. I'm not, we're not going to go and list off names. It's not one of those transaction type days. But you need a couple physical defensemen. You need them. Okay. And then you also need 
two. It's not even about the physical defenseman too. It's not just about bringing it. It's about bringing in guys that are maybe a little bit older because we have an extremely, extremely young core with Darlene, uh, Yoki Haru. You're going to have Owen Power and you have me, T.S. Emerson. These guys are all under the age of 22. Sometimes adding a, adding certain players into your lineup, like what you just said, defensive-minded, big, physical, aggressive guys that'll make these younger players that Owen Power's not fighting in this league. He should never, not once, fight in this league. Okay? That's not his job, but he needs to feel extremely supported by a defense core that has his back. Darlene, I'm going to tell you right now, Darlene, he is a tough son of a bitch. Yeah, he's, he's, if I ever see him fight, I would strangle him. If I was a, he's coach. not as timid as he once was. Oh right? my, he is not timid at all. He's probably one of well, the most he once physical was. guys in the he team. Once, he once was, he, he there was a time was a, where he was. He was yeah, I, I understand that. Old, I get it. it. I get it. Anyway. They take Continue on Washington tonight. No, I wasn't saying anything. They take on Washington tonight. They have a they have a bit of a tough stretch here, but I mean, it's not anything they can't handle. I think that's what happens when it, we looked at the schedule last week before they went out west, or even just before. Yeah, last week before they went out west, we're like they're going to get they could they might not win a game. You know, and not and only here, not win a game, they could get absolutely blown out by those teams, and they did in the first game. Okay, and we can chalk that up to a few different excuses, right? And then you have Calgary, which was a shocking win, okay? Vancouver, which was a big win for them. Then they come home and they play Pittsburgh, who's playing pretty well, and spanked the Columbus Blue Jackets the night before. They beat them in a shootout. Now they take on Washington. Then they have the Rangers, Chicago, and then Winnipeg to finish out the month. And then they start next month with Nashville, who got, by the way, fed last night by Vegas. So it's it's it's, it's an interesting schedule for this team. And I, I got to tell you, I've been thoroughly impressed with the last few games. No questions asked. Well, like you said, Washington Capitals have been, to start the month of March, a 4 nothing win over Carolina, 5-2 win over uh, Seattle, 5-4 win over Calgary. They lost in overtime uh, to Edmonton. They beat Vancouver. They beat the Islanders. They beat uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. They beat Carolina again. This team was rolling. But the last two games, they've had a little hiccup. Okay? Dallas, they lost 3-2. The last game they played, they lost to uh, St. Louis. This team is a veteran hockey team in, in, in uh, Washington, okay? They are not wanting to lose three in a row. Like, I mean, unacceptable to lose three in a row. So you, the Sabres, I'm going to tell you, they have to be ready for this game. They, I mean, if they are not ready for this game, they are going to be in big trouble because this is a veteran team in Washington, They've already lost two in a row and Sabres are plus be- one and a half Riv. This is where Jr. said in the gambling standpoint, now they know Washington's been letting them down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is where you take the it's Sabres very, tonight. It's a very dangerous uh, game. And, and this is a really, really important game for the players. Don Granado to make sure that these guys understand. And this is, this is the time of year. 
It's to understand the play, the team that's coming in to play you. You have to understand what's happening in their schedule. What's happened? Are they, are they walking in here on a three game winning streak and everything's great and hunky dory, or are you playing against a pretty damn good team in Washington. Uh, does Washington even of, really care though? I mean, they yeah, could be they include, do. do they? Why? Yeah, they do. I mean, there's not much that can happen for them. Because I know I've been on top end teams and it's absolutely unacceptable. And I mean unacceptable to lose two in a row, let alone three in a row. Yeah, but you wonder with the way the East is set and with the playoffs, like they're already in. So I mean, you yeah, know, are they, there's no they, pressure on them at there's all. No pressure this has to them. do with this has to do with the standard. In okay. which they play like right. Washington Capitals, you know, won a Stanley cup years ago. Um, they've been one of the top teams in their, in their conference and division for years and years, right? It's a standard in which these players have in that locker room. That's well, I woke the way up, it is. I woke up this morning and the first thing I did, but when, this is where we have to wrap up here. Cause I got to run. I, my kids got a carnival at school, but here's, I woke up, uh, this morning. And the first thing I did was what, when it comes to the NHL, what was the first thing I did? Check the scores Look last night. Scores, yeah. It's not even the, and you know what? And I haven't done this all year from, from the standpoint of like wanting to see where teams fall and all that. But I wanted to see what Vegas would do last night. Jack Eichel goal and assist dad who's been dealt and told he can't play. If he, if he ends up getting traded, ends up scoring, he has a goal and assist last night. Guy's got five goals and seven points his last five games. Let's get rid of this guy. Um, so I, I just, I find that situation baffling, but they beat uh, Nashville 6-1, okay, which was a huge win for Vegas. But then Dallas beats Carolina last night to, to hang on to the uh, second Insane. wild. Yeah. So what it, what it does, what it does is that Vegas win spanking Nashville 6-1 is absolutely irrelevant. Means nothing. Yeah. Because Dallas is not only ahead of Vegas, yeah. but they have four games in hand yeah. still. So if Dallas so Vegas beat, needed Dallas to lose that game yes. to Carolina last night, yes. that's, that's like a, a small little dagger with uh, 20 games left to go or 18 games left to go in the season for Vegas. So it's exciting to watch the Western Conference and how it might play out. But anyway, great stuff today, man. I got to run. Sorry for the short, right, buddy. Yeah, no, uh, no worries. Hey, short and sweet, eh? We don't, we don't always have to go an hour. Leave yeah. our, leave our listeners wanting more, as they always say. Longer shows, longer shows. Yeah, that's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve fifty two at the Instigator seventy six. You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.